Welcome to Showing Up Solo with Hannah and Nicole, your guides to navigating online marketing for your business. Welcome everyone to another episode of Showing Up Solo with Hannah and Nicole. Today we have Verity Sangan. She is a online course coach and the podcast co- or host for Bloggers Creating Courses. Welcome Verity. Hey, uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit um, about you and you know your what you do and how you got there? Yeah, absolutely. It's probably not the most quote-unquote traditional kind of what people would be expecting to get um, to where I've got to. But yeah, so I, um, as you can tell from my accent, I'm not in the States or Canada. I'm over in Britain. So I live in Jersey, which is a tiny little island between England and France, which nobody believes me that it's here because it's only 45 square mile and tiny. But I promise you, if you zoom in enough on Google Maps, we are there. Um, So that's where I'm from. And yeah, I work as an online course coach, which is really exciting. I work primarily with bloggers and solopreneurs to help them create online courses and get them teaching their passion online. My route to getting where I am now is, like I said, probably not that traditional. When I left school, I actually trained in nursing and I'm a registered, I've still got my registered nurse status. I don't work clinically anymore, but I still maintain my registered nurse status because as a slight aside, I still do some healthcare teaching. Um, But what happened, I did ward work for a couple of years and after having my first daughter, I just felt like the shifts weren't really it wasn't working for us as a family. I've got so much respect for anybody who can make shift work work with family life. But for us and our little family, it just wasn't really working. But just about the same time as luck would have it, a teaching job came up in our hospital's education centre. So long story short, I transferred down there. Um, I was working with the higher education team. So I was working with the nursing degree students, which was brilliant. Did my higher ed qualifications. I then I'm really condensing this story, but then I moved across into the private healthcare sector. I did compliance management for about a year, which is way more interesting than it sounds. I absolutely promise you. I kind of think of it, it was almost like 12 month boot camp in some ways to learning how to do or how to run a business. Because even though it was healthcare compliance, there's so much business management that went into it. And there was just so much behind the scenes. It really was like, and the most intense internship or apprenticeship or whatever in um, in business management. So that was great. So I did that for a year. But then the same company, they had an opening for their head of training in education. So I kind of sidestepped department and I did I did that for for a few years and COVID hit, which obviously threw everybody out of kilter to say the to say the least but one of the things that we found was that we obviously couldn't deliver our courses and our classes to our to the workforce in in the same way anymore so all of a sudden it was well how are we gonna because we still needed people to be trained in everything to do with healthcare they still needed you know their diplomas that they were working on their mandatory training so we put everything online it was crazy I think within the space of about just over 12 months I created nearly 50 online courses it was 
intense but do you know what again it was like boot camp for online course training and as we started coming out of COVID we realized that the online course model was working really well so we continued with that looked at doing blended learning as well and then right after I had my second daughter I just kind of had a bit of an epiphany moment sat on the sofa watching Netflix as you do had a bit of an epiphany moment of I'm not sure I want to go back to the nine to five I mean I loved my job loved my um, loved my colleagues but there was just a bit of a shift that I thought I just want to do something a little bit a little bit different and that's kind of where I arrived at now so I set up I think within about two weeks of having that epiphany moment I'd set up the company and um yeah the rest is history I suppose as well as they as they say and um here, here we are now and then I set up a podcast as well and I decided to podcast about online courses and it's all I ever seem to talk about nowadays which is great it's very exciting well, it's interesting you sharing the experience of having to, because um, I think it was a very similar experience for anyone who was in some kind of training or education sector when COVID hit, because people had to very quickly change, turn in-person learning into online learning if they wanted to not only like keep the education going, but keep their business afloat. Um, I know that Nicole and I have worked with several clients who, who did that very thing where they had to very quickly create an online platform and as things are returning to normal post uh, post COVID, although we're not post COVID yet, but um, we're hopefully getting there a going, bit more. Yeah, as 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 people are going back into in person, there's still very high demand for online as well, mm -hmm. uh, blended learning. So um, I think it was a very it's a very interesting niche that you found yourself in, but also one that I can imagine has a lot of. Um, there's a high demand in that niche um, because there's a lot of people who are suddenly having to become online educators. Um, but it's it's um, a lot of people who don't know, like you luckily had the experience of being an educator. Um, prior to that, there's a lot of business owners who just don't have that experience prior. Absolutely. And I found that that was kind of what drew me into working primarily with solopreneurs and bloggers is because I found that this group of people have all of these amazing ideas and they want to put their, you know, their training online or their knowledge online, whatever, which is which is amazing because at the end of the day, online courses, we know is a fantastic revenue stream for for businesses but what I found was the more that I spoke to people in the blogging and the solopreneur communities was that what they were putting together wasn't necessarily underpinned by um, teaching theory and by education theory and whilst my job is not you know I don't go in and I'm like right these are all these theories and all of these people that you need to hear quotes from and stuff no that's not my style at all because no one would want to work with me because it would just be the most boring few hours of their life ever but what I was finding was that people were kind of doing what I call brain dumping and they were opening up their teachable or their thinkific you know whichever platform they're using and they were literally recording and almost brain dumping everything they know about a subject and then people were saying to me well you know why is no one engaging with this course why is nobody wanting to buy anything afterwards why are people quitting the course after you know maybe less than one or x amount of minutes or whatever and it's because when you look at it you're like well where's your 
you know, where's your theory? Where's your approach? Where's what's your curriculum? And it's interesting because just before we started recording um, this episode, I was talking to somebody who'd approached me as a potential client and they were saying, you know, I want to put together an online course. I was like, great, let's, you know, let's let's start talking about this. What are, what are your ideas? What um, And their biggest thing that they wanted help with was creating videos for the course. And I was like, yep, that's definitely something we can we can talk about. And then I started probing a little bit more and it sort of came to light that actually they don't have a curriculum. They don't know who their ideal student is. They don't know how they want to put together the course in terms of what their lessons are actually going to contain. There was no outline or anything. And I was like, right. So before we even think about turning a camera or a microphone on, We've got a lot of work that we need to do because otherwise you run the risk of just opening up your laptop, hitting record, and you're just going to brain dump everything you know about the, the topic because there's no structure. So as I said, that's really what brought me to the community of bloggers and solopreneurs is because I feel like there is a bit of a misconception that creating courses is just I'm going to turn on and you know just talk about everything I know about this subject and sometimes it can feel like that but actually that can end up being the you know the downfall of your course before you've even started because there's no you know there's no plan in place or the plan is I'm going to teach this that's great but that's not that's not a plan so it's um isn't it, it's been an interesting journey to work with with that community of um of people there I really love that you brought that up because I actually just had a conversation similar to that um, recently. And um, the person I was speaking with, they essentially didn't know who their ideal client was either. And when they were asking me about creating launch copy for them, they were like, you know, how, how does this work? How does the strategy go? And I was like, well, you really need to define like, who is this course for? And why is this course for them? And why did you create this course? Like that is like the first stepping stone you need to define in creating your course and also in your launch. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think people get so stuck in uh, like, I'm an expert in this. I'm going to share all my knowledge, but they forget to, uh, they forget about creating the journey for, for their, ideal student that um like that's for me i think that's one of the most important pieces 100%. i think a lot of people um oh, i was just gonna say i think a lot of people forget the journey they took to get to expert level like nicole you and i have a lot of online learning to thank for getting to where we are yeah um and it's easy to look at where we are now and think oh they just found it all out but we had to take several different courses and do several different steps to get to the knowledge that we have now so if we're doing a course we can't just tell them what we know we have to backfill yeah yes. as well 100% it's thinking where is your student now and I always say as well it's it's kind of what does your student want to know and what do they need to know because a lot of the time your student knows what they want to know they know where they want to get but they don't know what they necessarily need to know first because you don't know what you don't know at the end of the day. And similar to you guys who I'm sure after taking those courses and whilst you've been building up your portfolio have probably done 
every mistake in the book. I'm exactly the same. I have taught, I don't know how many terrible classes to get to, because no, you know, nobody just immediately walks into a classroom or starts online and goes, here's the most amazing lesson ever. We all have those terrible lessons where we think, I really wish I hadn't got out of bed this morning. And, you know, there are some videos that I've video lessons that I've recorded. And honestly, the one that makes the final cut is like the 20th retake because I just keep either stumbling over words or I put in a little anecdote and then I go, actually, that makes absolutely no sense too, you know? So it's, it's one of those where you've got to accept the mistakes and the learning that goes, that goes with that as you're, as you're building up your journey. Cause like you said, it's, um, it's appreciating where you've come from as well. You don't just wake up one morning and become the expert that you, that you are. Yeah. Yeah. So knowing, um, knowing like that's kind of where you need to start at, um, how, how do you approach that with your clients and really creating a course that's like, you know, not only just desirable, but also creates like a really good learning experience. Absolutely. So going back to what I was saying about brain dumping and how I don't like brain dumping. (laughs) Conversely, the first thing I get people to do is brain dump because (laughs) what I do is I get people to just have a sheet of paper or open up a Google doc, however it works for them, and literally just brain dump everything that they can think about the topic that they want to teach. Because once you have got everything out that's when you can start picking things out and going right well this piece here is useless until you know this piece and actually I didn't learn this until I was about three years into my journey or you know you can really start peeling it back but by getting it all out your brain then isn't like a couple of days later thinking oh I need to add this in I need to do this or whatever because you've actually already got it out and decided no it's not gonna it's not gonna work so conversely to what I said before I do actually get people to just throw everything out right at the beginning because that just gives you the opportunity to go a little bit crazy and do a mind map or a brainstorm or how you want to phrase it the next thing I get people to do is really identify who is their student that they're targeting because a lot of the time as well I find that people say well everybody's my student and you're like actually no not everybody is your student because let's say I always use the examples of knitting or crocheting I really need to come up with better examples but my point the crocheting works really well because I know nothing I know nothing about it but if you were creating a crocheting course for example and you said well this is for everybody as somebody who knows nothing about crocheting whatsoever if you gave me a pattern as lesson one of the course I'm going to be like this is way too advanced for me I'm out I'm the kind of person who I need you to even tell me where to buy need- needles. Do you, yeah, crocheting needles. You need to tell me even where to buy the needles from because otherwise I'm just going to hit Google and buy the first thing that Google come, you know, recommends to me, which will probably be the wrong size and it's probably not even for crocheting or it's, you, know, you get my point. It's going to be completely the wrong thing. So we need to be thinking about who actually is your student. What, it goes back to what we were saying about what part of that learning journey are they on? Are they right at the beginning Do they have a little bit of knowledge or actually are they wanting to get to where to where you are? Because you also need to be considering not just where that student is on their learning journey, but what their eventual goal is. Is it that they just want to be able to do a basic crocheting pattern or actually do they want to be opening up their own Etsy shop within the next three months and selling all of these amazing patterns and 
designs and what have you and there's somebody who is knows crocheting listening to this episode thinking Verity get a better example because you clearly know nothing about crocheting <laughs> but that's fine but you've got to also consider what is that person's end goal because again how you're going to present that information is going to be quite different to somebody who just wants hobbyist knowledge versus somebody who wants more professional knowledge and how that's going to be that's going to be implemented but once you've got those couple of things down about your students and you really have it clear in your mind who they are, where they are on their learning journey and what their goals are, that's when you can really start putting together a curriculum and thinking to yourself, well, what are the steps or what is the list of things that I need to teach my student? And when you've got that list of things or steps, however it works, those will naturally start to become your course modules and then you can start filling out, well, how am I going to get this module taught, this overall aim of the module, right? Well, these then you start naturally coming up with your lessons. And before you know it, you've actually got quite a good structure that you can then start padding out. You're still not jumping into creating videos just yet, but you can start padding that, that out and really fleshing out exactly is your content meeting that end goal? And what I love doing as well is always having somewhere, if you're like me and you've got mind maps and I'm, I'm very visual when I do this kind of thing, just always having somewhere written, this is my student and this is what their end goal is. This is what they want from this program or this course. And what I like doing about that, having that as well, having that student in mind is I find that when it then comes to writing your copy, for your emails or your, you know, your landing page or social media, whatever, you're starting to think already how you're going to go about writing that copy. Even if you think, well, I'm not writing my copy at all, I'm outsourcing it. But you can start having those conversations with somebody and say, this is how I've kind of structured it. Because otherwise, again, what I see people do is they create these, they start off creating these wonderful landing pages, but it's really not obvious who they're targeting or they've got this wonderful course and the copy of the landing page just doesn't marry just doesn't marry up at all so um yeah it's just it's making sure that it's really really clear because as I said it helps bring everything else into place as you go further down the line it's so interesting how much crossover there is between creating a course and marketing it I mean obviously marketing course but any kind of marketing because that's the conversation we have with every client, it's one of the first episodes we recorded for Showing Up Solo was identifying who your audience is, who your ideal client is, and understanding where they are and where they want to be, because that's how you tell them this is for them. This is how, that's how they find out, like, whether what you've got to offer is the right product service course for them. You have to know it too. Otherwise, you're just kind of shouting into the void. Absolutely. And it's making sure as well, and I guess you guys probably see this a lot as well, but when you've got those aims and those eventual goals in place as well, it lends itself better to sales copy because we've all seen those landing pages where people say, come to my course, you get six lessons and three downloadable PDFs and they, they list all of this stuff and you're like, that's great, but what am I actually learning? Because I'm not giving you my money for 20 hours of video. I'm giving you my money to know that I'm going to meet A, B and C and that, you know, these are the skills that I'm going to learn or this is the transformation that you're going to you're going to take me on. So if you've already kind of had that conversation with yourself early in the planning, 
you're just prepping yourself that little bit more and obviously I know nothing about copy and marketing in the grand scheme of things that is totally your guys area but that's where because I know so little about it or it feels like I do I like to be able to prepare it right from early on to say yes at least I'm setting up the copy and the marketing in the right kind of direction because I've already got it clear in my mind I would almost say that your ability to guide people in creating courses like Hannah said is very similar to marketing um and uh, like i would even say the fact that you're really trying to coach people to take themselves out of the i don't want to say out of the equation because they're the ones that are creating the courses but a lot of times people do this in marketing too where they talk too much about themselves yes. whereas like you need to remove yourself from that this the course is about what you know the course is about like your target audience their journey their transformation the problem you're trying to solve. So I would say that your your approach is very similar to how Hannah and I do. Oh, bless you. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> so Verity, what, like, who should be creating courses? What is like, what, who should be considering one and why when it comes to this? I love that question. I genuinely, genuinely, I can't even talk. I genuinely believe, I'm so excited that I can't get my sentence out, that anybody can teach and anyone can create an online course. I do not subscribe to the thought process at all that any niche is oversaturated and that there are too many online courses because the way that I see it is people are showing up and they are buying courses in every kind of niche going if you are providing the content that people want in a format that people want people will buy from you it doesn't matter if there's like you know you think of it like university degrees just as an example you want to study English there are god knows how many English degrees that you can do either in the country that you live in or internationally it doesn't stop a university from turning around and going oh maybe we won't give our English offer our English degree anymore because there's already like you know five in this area and then a hundred in the country you know so if the if that's not happening at a professional level there why should it be happening in a more niche level so I don't subscribe to that to that idea at all so if you're worried that your niche is oversaturated with courses doesn't matter go, go go ahead and create it and create it anyway um and sorry I completely lost my train of thought there I'm getting so I'm getting so excited about getting so excited about this um and the other thing that I don't subscribe to either is when people say to me that online courses are dead and that you should know you should be going for memberships or you should be going for apps or whatever no there's a place for all of it the online course market is currently worth like the double digits of billions and it's projected within the next three years, it's going to be in the triple digits of, of billions. It's definitely still very much alive. There are some fantastic Facebook out, adverts out there at the moment, which really try hard to convince people otherwise, but it's when people try and say, oh no, I shouldn't create an online course. I should be doing an app. I shouldn't be doing an online course. I should be doing a membership. It's remembering that they're three very different models and just because a membership is working for one company, it doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. And just because an app works for one blogger or solopreneur doesn't mean it's going to work. It's going to work for you and your audience. So those are two that I uh, two ideas that I really, really don't subscribe to because I genuinely think that anybody can create an online course and should be as well. I think if you've got 
a business and you're thinking of creating another online revenue stream for it, why not look at an online course? I think the worst thing that's going to happen is you and yourself are going to decide, actually, this isn't working for me. And that could be for a variety of reasons. Some people just genuinely don't like teaching or don't feel particularly good at it. But then on that, I would also say to people that there are different ways of creating online courses. It's not all sitting down and recording yourself, speaking and feeling like you're on YouTube. There are a lot of text only courses, which I know there are some people who are like, no, text courses are the worst kind of online courses. But actually, for some subjects and for some um, topics, they're kind of the best way to to go to go about it. So to answer the question, I think anybody can create an online course. And I think that if you want to, you should be exploring that that potential opportunity. I love that you shared that message because Hannah and I are the same way about getting starting your business online that, you know, don't let the idea of the market being flooded that uh, you think that you're, you would just be another person. There is room for everyone. So, yeah, I love that you shared that. Yeah, I just I just think it's so important. And I think that if you, the minute you start thinking, is my market oversaturated? Mm-hmm. I think it's really powerful to think of a high street, um, a high street brand and then think, well, this, you know, think of a clothes shop, for example, and think, well, that clothes shop opened up. They didn't stop themselves opening just because this one is already there. You know, you think of the corner shop down the street from you that didn't prevent itself from opening up just because there's a Walmart or a Kmart or a co-op or whatever it is, wherever you're living. So I always like to kind of think of it in terms of physical shops and physical businesses as well. Uh, yeah, well, it's you know, true. Like, I mean, how many times have you gone into downtown or to the high street and there's a McDonald's and a Burger King and a KFC and um, countless other, and they're all serving the same thing. Yeah. Bas- I, mean, I mean, Burger King and McDonald's is basically the same thing. It's just different, you know, right. like recipes, right? but like, it doesn't stop There's somebody from McDonald's and Burger King screaming at the podcast now that you just said that they're basically the same thing. <laughs> sorry, but essentially when it comes down to it, cuisine wise, it's the same yeah. cuisine and it doesn't stop them. They're not like, oh, well, there's already this many. I'm going to stop. No, they keep going and, and, and restaurants are always opening everywhere. Um, 100%. It's and like, it's look screen- at coffee shops. There's like a Starbucks on pretty much every corner, depending on where you live. But it seems like that sometimes. But it doesn't I, stop the independent okay, so barista. Where I live, at one point, there was a Starbucks across the road from a Starbucks. I love that. Just capture the market whilst you can. But it doesn't <laughs> stop the independent baristas opening up their coffee shops and making very successful businesses. Yeah. So that's why I kind of don't subscribe to the idea of, well, the online course market is oversaturated. There's too many online courses about, I don't, I don't know, about knitting again going back to the knitting and crocheting examples maybe there's not enough but but, you know nobody's thinking that in terms of like coffee shops so why would we be thinking the same in terms of online courses well and think of it like books right like ever not everybody writes books but there are millions of books out there and there are many different uh viewpoints and opinions and just because you like this one, there could be another book that you like, right? So 
being open to different styles and um, ways of presenting is is something that's like it's really nice that you have that opportunity to get that from different from different course creators absolutely and i think this is what gets disappreciated sometimes as well is that in teaching often you'll find that a student will gel with one teacher but they won't gel with another teacher it's exactly the same with with courses you know we've all taken a course I'm sure I know I have where we've thought actually I just don't like the instructor there's just there's something about their vibe their energy the way they present it's just it's not working for me you then go to another course creator on the face of it it's exactly the same content but for some reason you just gel with their energy a lot better you know it's, it's the same with anything there'll be people that'll come to me do a discovery call with me and be like actually just she's not the person that I can work with. They'll go to another online course coach. Like I said, we're offering the same thing, but they gel better with that person or they've already tried that person. They gel better with me, however it, however it works. And again, like, like you said, it's, um, it, it's, it's not about the oversaturated market. It's about everybody just realizing that you can, you can all bring something different. We all have our own different takes on things and we bring our own vibes and our own energies to these things as well. Yeah. I think we could talk about this forever. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I mean, because we're all obviously very interested in this topic. But um for the sake of the length of the episode, Verity, uh, I think we need to wrap up the conversation. So I'd love your key takeaways for our audience. What do they need to know if they're thinking about creating a course? Hundred percent. I would say if you are thinking of creating a course, take it back to your student, as we were saying. So who is your student? Where on their learning journey are they? What do they need to know? And what do they want to know? What's their eventual goal? Always take it back to your student because as you said, it's not about you so much. It's about your it's about your student. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, Verity. Um, this has been a fantastic episode. Uh, and for anyone who's interested in getting a hold of you, can you just let them know where they can find you? And obviously we'll leave any information in the show notes. Absolutely. So the best place to find me is probably on my website, which is veritysongon.com. That's got information about, I've got some free webinars on there. I've got some different freebies that can help you get started. It's also got information about my mastermind and my different programs that I run. And it's also got links to my social media and the podcast. So I'd say the, the website's probably the best way to, to find out everything about me. Wonderful. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Um, this has been another great episode of Showing Up Solo. We're so um, glad to have had Verity um, on the call and we will see you next episode. Thanks everyone. Thanks Verity. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed this episode? Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on future ones. Want more from Hannah and Nicole? Visit showingupsolo.com to join the Showing Up Solo membership or to inquire about working with us on your business.